That was that was shocking. <laughs> he was also looking in the house oh, to oh see God. if anybody could see him. Yeah. He was checking to see if Brock was around. Right. Because yeah. then he'd have to kill Brock, too. Back in the truck, and especially once Todd returns to the truck, Jesse's inconsolable. He's he's trying, he's screaming, he's bucking back and forth, and Uncle Jack is telling him, you know, settle down, settle down. Just remember, there's still the kid. So there's still the threat of killing Brock. And that was pretty much the end of that act, and we go to commercial. And when we come back, that commercial break seemed like it only took a couple of minutes, but in fact it took a couple of months. Because now... <laughs> Walt has grown a beard, and as Susan was referring to the Unibomber, he's pretty much embraced the Unibomber look yeah. at this point. You know, from his jacket, and then when he takes off his hat, he's got this unruly mess of hair. Yeah, this, it's the Walt that we've seen in the flash forward. So we know that time has passed. That's um, also kind of a lot of hair for somebody on chemo, but whatever. I was wondering about that, too, because this clearly wasn't his first batch of uh, cabin chemo. But didn't we go over this already? The fact that the second time you go through chemo, you don't necessarily lose your hair? Oh. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. No. I also know, I mean, I'll use my father as an example. Um, my father's been undergoing chemo for uh, at least several, well, three, four, maybe five months now, and he hasn't lost a strand of hair as of yet, so I don't know if it necessarily always happens. But um, yeah, not always. But I am I'm totally not an expert on this subject whatsoever. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know we've had this discussion already. Okay. Right. I, I just figured since we like lost when, it the first the, time around. And... When the first flash forward happened and we weren't quite sure whether or not the cancer was back, that point was brought up. Right. We've had that discussion oh, yeah. on this very podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was even imagining maybe it's a wig. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, obviously wrong. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, Ed, the disappearer, Robert Forrester, Max Cherry, whatever we want to call him, um, has made is making his monthly supply uh, return, and he's brought him a huge bundle of newspapers. He's got boxes. He's got a couple cases of Insure because he notices that Walt has been losing a lot of weight. I will assume it's due to the cancer more than anything else. And he's also brought him a little little plastic case filled with different pairs of glasses because he wasn't really sure about the prescription, so he said he'd shotgun it. So Walt's trying on a couple different pairs of glasses while he asks Ed about his family because apparently he's been checking up on what's the deal with Skylar. And this is where we get a nice little bit of exposition about what's been going on with Skylar for the last few months. We find out that she has moved to some little – she's still living in a, place, a little place off of Eubank. That she does still have the kids. And even though there's no court date set as of yet, there is going to be a grand jury convened. Um, he also mentions that public defender of hers. I think he refers to him as looking like a deer in the headlights. And he has socks older than that kid. Um, when Walt asks him about how she's doing for money, he does mention that she has been doing some taxi dispatch part-time work for money and leaving Holly with a neighbor whenever she does that. So it's pretty clear Skylar is probably barely scraping by if she's just got a part-time da- taxi dispatcher job. Yeah. Uh, we also get some other questions answered because 
Ed mentions that he checked out the old house, the, the white residence, that there's an auction pending there, but they put up a fence around it because the neighbors had been complaining because it had been, become kind of a sleazy little tourist attraction and kids kept going there and, and doing all sorts of stuff. One can assume some of those vandal kids probably are the ones who spray-painted Heisenberg on the wall. Yeah. So the bank agreed to put up a fence around the house. Although we saw in that flash forward, that fence didn't really do much to stop all the skateboarding kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then we discover that Ed is also supplying Walt with the chemo medication. Um, they hook up the chemo bag. It's actually hanging off a deer antler uh, side by side with the Heisenberg hat, actually. Mm-hmm. And we find out that he had a little bit of a problem being able to find the vein and, and being able to do it last time. And, but Walt takes it from him. He says he's going to do it himself. And he starts to. And then he's just he's not able to do it. He hands it back to Ed to do it. He's like, you do it. Um, whether that has significance, I don't know. I tend to think maybe it does, and we'll see in the next episode. But it was an interesting little moment that they had there. I think it's so, just Walt being as his honorary old self and then realizing he'd overstepped his 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 abilities. All right, but as I, I was talking about the other day, and I, I initially my, my thought was, well, Walt's seen and done so much at this point, I don't see him being squeamish about this. But on the other hand, this is also the man that wasn't going to be the one to kill Jesse. He had to assign that job to someone else because he couldn't do it. Now, I couldn't quite find the link between these two things, but I have heard some interesting theories about maybe how he might, what he might decide to do to himself in the last episode, and maybe he won't be able to do it to himself, so to speak, if you know what I'm talking about. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a, a nice little theory that I admit I hadn't thought of, but I thought it was a pretty good one. Yeah. So... Well, one, one more little thing here. It, it's always more difficult to, to do the thing like to yourself, like to, you know, to stick your vein or whatever, then, you know, it's easier to, to do it for somebody else. Right, right, right. He was also, isn't he right-handed and he was trying to put it into his right arm. He was. He was using his left hand on his right arm and I think he's right-handed. Right. I I just, I don't think they would have made an issue out of it just based on the fact of him being left-handed or right-handed. I just, I just feel there's going to be, there's more significance to it than that. Yeah. I think I think it I do think it might be more analogous to to he can't do something to himself. So we'll find out a week from now, so we'll know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but at this point all right, Ed is about to leave. Because he's got a long trip ahead of him. But Walt it's it's even sadder than Jesse asking to, to so we can see the stars because we knew that was bullshit. Walt is being genuine when he asks if Ed can just stay a little bit longer. You know, maybe two hours. And Ed seems reluctant. He even offers him $10,000. And you realize this is what's become of Walt. He's so sad and alone at this point. He's willing to pay this man, who's not his friend, but he's willing to pay him $10,000 just to have some companionship for two hours. And Ed actually negotiates him down to one hour, which I thought was pretty fucked up, but okay. And... He's a businessman. He is a businessman. Yes. Um, He does decide to play. They're going to play cards. And he starts to 
set up a game of a seven-card stud. And this is a moment that I thought was fairly significant. Walt's looking at him, and he says something which indicates something Walt felt a few months ago is now no longer the case. Because he says to him, one of these days, when you come up here, I'll be dead. My money over there, what happens to it then? What if I ask you to give it to my family? Would you do it? And Ed hesitates for a moment. He does say, if I said yes, would you even believe me? Which I took that to say, him saying, no, you moron. Of course I'm not going to take your money and give it to your family. (laughs) Never mind mind the fact that it's millions. uh, That puts me at risk. And I'm all about not putting myself at risk. You know, whatever. He'll sooner burn the money than do that. But I thought it was interesting because... Remember the conversation that Walt has with Junior poolside in the, a few episodes ago where he's pretty adamant that the cancer is not going to beat him. And at this point, and I attribute it to the fact, getting monthly chemo treatment is not really going to help that much. It'll, it'll help stave it off slightly, but that's more of a weekly kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, and plus the fact that he is losing all this weight, he still seems very weak. Yeah, he lost the the wedding ring and had to put it around his neck. Right. So Walt is, looks to me like Walt is actually back to season one Walt as far as accepting the fact that cancer is going to take him out again. And that is the last of my section, Susan. All right. Just, wait, I didn't understand what you just said there, um, comparing to season one Walt about cancer. Okay, what's the setup of the series? The setup of the series is Walt believes he's going to die in a certain amount of time, whatever number of months it is. He's certain he's going to die. And the whole idea is that he wants to get all this money together so his family will have money so before he dies. And after a Wait, while... Wait, what? Which part did you... <laughs> What what part didn't you hear? <laughs> uh, I'm yanking your chain there. Yeah, I know what this show's about, man. <laughs> um, I'm what I didn't, what I wasn't clear on, is what you were saying. I just I I wanted more of a discussion about his approach to his cancer now compared to then, because what I think you're saying, or at least my perception of his attitude now. Um, I thought it was really interesting that he is fighting this hard for his life at this stage. Not just this stage of the cancer, but this stage of of his situation. And, you know, at the beginning um, of the whole series, yeah, things were very different. And now he's, I mean, he he doesn't want to die. He's not done yet. And it's still amazing to me. Okay, we we have a difference of opinion here because that's not the way I took that moment at all. Um, the, the thing that I thought was significant about this, what's different about Walt in this moment than any other moment since season one, and which is why I brought it up, this is Walt's acceptance of the fact that he's going to die. He was fighting against it. Now he's saying, he says, one of these days when you come up here, I'll be dead. Not I might be dead, or what if I am dead? He says, he's accepted the fact he's going to die which he had not accepted before. Just a few episodes ago, he was saying, you know... It's not going to beat me. Exactly. 
Mm. And so why I made the connection to season one and why I was not trying to be condescending, but just outlining his point of view was that was the last time where Walt was certain he was going to die. The, di- the only difference is then he had a goal in mind and he was striving to do something about it. I mean, not, not about the cancer so much, but about getting this money. And now it's just he is just and, accepting it. Well, but now, but he's, now he's frustrated no. by the fact that he actually has the money, right, but his right, family right. does Exactly. That's why he's, <laughs> yeah, that's can't, why he's asking. He can't that's get why he's it asking. to them. And right. not only that money that he has, but the money that he no longer has. I think he's still – what he's not finished with yet is several things. It's, one, getting this money, this barrel of money to his kids – um, two, getting the rest of the money back from Jack and everyone. Uh, and then three, what we see at the very end, what he watches on TV. Okay, but, I'm, but I'm going he's to... not at this point in concerned with the money that he doesn't have. He, yeah, he's he's not? kind of resigned. No, he's yeah, resigned he's... himself at this point to the fact that this is his condition. Wait, he's how not... do you think he's resigned himself, though, to giving that money up when we already know he goes he back? Hasn't. You're yeah, jumping ahead. I don't want you to get mad at me, but you're going to get mad at me. I don't know a nicer way to say this, but you, you, you may have missed. I don't know. I don't know if you missed the point or you just missed a moment in the next act because the entire point of it is that he does. He's given up and then it's at the very end when he sees what happens. Then he returns. Then he gets Heisenberg, quote unquote, returns, whatever. But we'll get to the, yeah, I don't want. I know, but my, she's bringing it up. How, what am I supposed I know, to do? I know, I know. <laughs> but the point that the point where we should <gasps> should land with here is he, we're talking about this moment, Kelly, not where we know he's going to be. In this moment, he has given up. In this moment, he is no longer concerned with trying to take out Jack. He's no longer concerned with trying to get his money back. He was like that months ago when he first left when he was hot as nails in the bottom of the vacuumers uh basement and mm-hmm. plotting things with Saul but like at this point where he's like on a monthly chemo treatment that's not doing anything and drinking insure in order to gain weight and paying a guy $10,000 he is a broken man definitely point. yeah oh i agree he's a he's a broken man and he knows he's going to die, and he has accepted that he is going to die. I just feel like that since he is doing the monthly chemo, you know, as little good as that's doing, it's something. So he he's still trying to stave it off a little bit just to give, at least to give the money back. So, yeah, the other things, okay, those haven't come back into play yet. Um right. Just he's trying to figure out a way to get that cash to his family. Mm-hmm. And he's, exactly. he's talking to the Forrester character to see if that's a viable option. Exactly. And he's just gotten the answer that mm-hmm. no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ed's not going to take the money back to his family. So, but he takes it, Walt takes a nap. And when he wakes up, he looks over and he sees that. He has, he has a couple of boxes, and so he could use those to send some money back. Um, and also, as Chris, you pointed out before, his ring falls off, and he's looking like he's lost a lot of weight and everything. Um, and on the Insider podcast, they said that that was achieved by application of prosthetics. They actually like built up his cheekbones and everything, 
to make that negative space to make him appear more hollow and uh and they gave him baggy clothes i'd imagine yeah yeah because that's the old trick that they've used to make people look thin Mm -hmm. so so it worked so he decides to uh he he fills up the box and decides to take that eight mile hike into town and uh but it's not as heisenberg <laughs> no, Eisenberg is not the guy who's going no. to town. It's, That's right. He's not wearing is, the hat this time. This is Walter White going to town, trying to do the last bit of good that he can for his family. Yeah. So he goes to the bar, makes a call. Um, he actually has the has the waitress make a call to uh, to Albuquerque to talk to Flynn. Uh, he has her pose as his aunt Marie as yeah Flynn's aunt Marie. Um, Flynn is taking a, taking some kind of science test. I don't think it's a chemistry test, but that would be cool if it were. Um, so, uh, he goes to take the call, finds out it, it's Walt and Walt wants to send the money to, uh, his friend Lewis's house and get Lewis and his family in it, you know? Um, <laughs> but, uh, as soon as Flynn finds out that Walt wants to send money, and he's like, no, I don't, you know, it's like, we don't want your money. You killed Uncle Hank. You know, just leave us alone. Turn yourself in. Um, and as, as he's saying all this, Walt is saying, he's pleading with him. It's like, no, no, it can't all be for nothing. He, Walt wants to get this money to his kids. And uh, so it, it finally, the the call ends when Flynn yells at him, why, why are you still alive? How are you still alive? Why don't you just die already? Just die. And slams the phone down. And can I, can I say something about that sure. phone call? Just to, just to derail you. Um, <laughs> Cause that's <laughs> what you do. No. No, well, no, it's pertinent. Um, yeah, I, know. I thought it was kind of interesting because we've had, we end up with back-to-back episodes that one of the last things we see is Walt making a call to a family member. Yes. Um, I think the difference was, unlike last time, I don't. I didn't get the feeling that this was very, really well rehearsed, and mm. or manipulative. Or manipulative, exactly yeah, right. Not at all. And it was, but definitely, I, I believed him to be sincere in this call. And there was also an interesting thing I thought when Flynn doesn't respond when he keeps explaining everything to him about how things didn't happen as the way he intended it. He, you know, he's kind of sort of taking responsibility up to a certain point. There's still a little bit of denial there. But it, when Flynn doesn't say anything, he does say, do you hear me? Or, do you understand me? Which is echoing what the prosecutor did, uh-huh. said to Skyler in that scene earlier in the episode. Except we get a much different response from Flynn <laughs> than, right? we, than we get from Skyler. But he was stunned at the first point. He was oh. kind of quiet, just like Skylar was. Yeah, he Absolutely. couldn't believe. It's like, oh my god, I'm hearing his voice. <laughs> and when he starts talking, he says, yes, you want to give me money. It was. It, he comes out of it really the same slowly. way. Like, oh, yeah. And then like, he starts... <laughs> I, power punching. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's R, I think it's R.J. Mitty saying, "I can't believe I'm getting another cool scene to do on this show." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And uh, the other cool thing, they got to do it twice. 
because the the film literally fell off a truck um, oh. at at LAX when it was on its way to being developed, and it got run over by a seven thirty seven. Oh my lord! Yeah. No, 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 no. Was it really a seven thirty seven? It really was. Oh, how perfect! <laughs> oh my god! Yes. That's the a seven thirty. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god! It was a seven thirty-seven. So, <laughs> want to explain for people why that means anything? The well, plane, the, the the title of the first episode from season two, and the plane that eventually crashes at the end of season two is, is a seven thirty-seven. Yeah, nice. That's perfect. Yeah, I didn't wow. put that together. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. So, they they were able to save some of it, but they had to redo this and the, the scenes after it at the, um, at the bar. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, I think they, they came out really well anyway. So oh, I was, I was also happy to see the principal again. Cause I, I, I adore yeah. her. I, I, mm, 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 mm. okay. Go on. The, the one that Walt <laughs> tried to put the moves on after yeah. uh, Skylar <laughs> fucked Tom. Yeah, I wonder if Todd has caught, have found some video of Walter White's moves, and that's what he's been doing with Lydia. Oh, my God. Sexy Walter White. It's just as awkward and weird. <laughs> oh, my God. When he tried to kiss her and the way she skittered away from him, it was like, what, 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 what? Uh-huh. Oh, I adore her. Okay. <laughs> See that's that's perfect. What my my profile picture this week is sexy Walter White. There you go. <laughs> so sexy for my shirt. <laughs> and we get singing Chris. Yay! <laughs> right said Breaking Bad. <laughs> so after this, uh, Walt has he. He calls the, uh, he gives up. He decides he's going to turn himself in, calls the Albuquerque DEA. Wants to talk to the agent in charge of the Walter White case. Who's calling? Walter White. Puts the phone down, leaves it off the hook so they can find him. And did, has has a drink. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that he said his last name with an inflection at the end? It, it was more of a question mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Walter White. I, I can't do it exact because mm-hmm. anyway, but it went up at the end. It wasn't Walter White. It was weak and it, and it went up at the end. It was just, it was so pitiful. So he, this is him at his lowest. This is yeah. him at his most human. This is him finally doing that thing that he was counseled to do by his lawyer. He yeah. is finally, yes, he is going to give himself up and give the money back and hopefully Resolve everything for Skylar. Uh, right. But he just has to order the cutest sounding drink ever first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Dimple pinch. Neat. <laughs> and that's uh, Vince Gilligan's girlfriend's father's whiskey. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm getting that for next week. Oh gosh! <laughs> yep, got it. It's for the final episode. Yeah. Got to go and buy some dimple yeah. pinch. <laughs> well, I got, I got the whistle pig. <laughs> what is whistle pig? That's that's Vince Gilligan's favorite whiskey. <laughs> ah. Dimple pitch and whistle pig. 
And, and what's what's Hanks? Knob Creek. Knob Creek. Okay. Drinking it tonight again. Yeah, so you could have a little whiskey tasting party. <laughs> All right. I'm writing this down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so while while he's having the drink there, he's uh the, the bartender changes the channels and uh, goes by uh one with there's a Charlie Rose is interviewing uh Gretchen and Elliot Schwartz. Uh the old friends of, uh, of the whites. Um, and they're defending their involvement with, uh, with Walter White saying, Oh, he, he had nothing to do with the company. He just had a hand in naming the company. Well, weren't they doing and, some sort of charity benefit in order to wash away the stink? Yes. Of, um, yes. White's involvement, which had dropped the stock price in the company. See, mm-hmm. I remember other people's segments much better than I remember. <laughs> Yeah, 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 but yeah, with a $28 million charity for substance abuse centers in the Southwest. So, and Rose just basically says it's a PR move. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so while, while they're talking about this, you can see uh, Walt's hand tightening into a fist. And so this is where he, uh, he changes his mind. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> He cannot let this stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that same thing that always happens to Walter White happens. He is mm-hmm. that pride is being bruised, and right. his his ego is is his id is rising from the right. ashes. <laughs> because in in that one conversation that he's watching on in the interview, it's several things he's being hit with all at once. It's it's minimizing and trivializing his involvement in gray matter, which mm. I, th- I believe is where the whole road to Heisenberg really started well before his cancer. Mm-hmm. And he, Charlie Rose also mentions uh, that it makes it that, that the blue meth of his is still being produced. Yeah. yeah. And it's still, even being know, found in Europe. Yeah. Right. And then when Gretchen, I think the final knife for, for Walt, the way, or at least the way he perceives things, is when Gretchen refers to Walter White being that sweet, kind, brilliant man is gone. And I think in Walt's mind, he's hearing that weak little doormat of a man is gone. Mm-hmm. And I think all these things coalesce. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's weird that they minimize his involvement, yet she calls him brilliant. <laughs> it's like, yes. wait, how was he brilliant to you if all he contributed to the, your company mm-hmm. was the name? I mean, that's the thing that really burns well, this bridge. I think she meant he was like really brilliant at like crossword puzzles and, <laughs> and word that's games. That's how he met Skylar. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God. Password. Oh, so brutal. So brutal. <laughs> and we get the full theme. Yes, and it's funny because that's like I recognize that because that's the the extended theme that I use for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no, I love you connected to the podcast. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> well, it's all about Heisenberg and his return. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's beautiful about that is. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think for once I am right about this. That's the first time they've used the, the actual Breaking Bad music within the confines of the show. Do you re- unless they did that in the first season? I don't remember it. No, nope, because I, so I think you're. I right. just thought that was so 
because Dave Porter and the music they choose for the show is always pretty brilliant with the tension building this and the fact that they realize this is a return to the beginning. So we're going to use the Breaking Bad theme at the end of this episode. I thought was just uh, beautiful. It's not quite a return to the beginning. It's kind of a return to the end. The beginning is the end. Things, as Kelly would love to say, things come full circle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I was ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you hey. double speak, King. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> but like the Walter White we've been seeing is the Walt is is not Walter White. That's the interesting thing. The guy who's putting his bacon together. That's not Walt. <laughs> the guy who shows up at the house and gets the ricin, that's not Walt. He's all Heisenberg. Now he's he's full of purpose and knowing he's got nothing to lose. He can do anything. It's like now I'm like, is he going after gray matter? <laughs> like who's he going to kill? <laughs> or is that or is that just the the catalyst in this reaction? I I believe it's more of the catalyst than anything else, but and I, I, I hate quoting my own work, but, well, why not? Um, <laughs> Don't. I can't believe it's not going to have something for them. I, it's, I think the, the what I took from the way this episode ended was I love the fact that we've all been, we've all been speculating and theorizing why Walt goes back. It's to get the Nazis. It's for revenge. It's for the money. It's for Jesse. It's to save his family. And I think based on those last minutes of this episode – it's Remember not just name? it's not just one thing it's everything because what's his what's the thing he keeps saying even early on in this episode he's got things last episode i've got things to do i've got business to conduct he's mm-hmm. going back to settle scores he's going back to to settle old business and you know it's, he's really you know the ends justify the means so yeah. if you know he yeah. he's got to get this money back to his family and by whatever means necessary. But I really don't see that being a possibility. And that would be the biggest magic trick of ever. If he finds some way of actually getting that money to Skylar after all this shit, (laughs) that will be a phenomenal. Wow. You pulled the rabbit out of the hat because that can't possibly be it in my mind. Right. Well, I think this show has excelled at, and it's, it's a great thing about dramatic writing, creating situations for characters that it's almost impossible to conceive of how they can find their way out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I mean, it's just like Jesse and Walt being trapped in a, in a RV with Hank right outside. How the heck can they get out of that? But, you know, they find a way. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know how, how he can get the money. I don't know. I mean, is the M60 for the Nazis? Is he going to go blow up Gray Matters? Who knows? just because he's going back to try to get the money doesn't mean that he will or that vince gilligan will let him of course i do i do think there are i do think there's a couple things that i feel almost have to happen in that final episode although they probably just by saying that which means they won't um certain people i feel are do need to die (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, i think first and foremost there's got to be a way that they'll have Jesse kill Todd. I, I just feel that has to happen. I, I don't see any way around. It has to be Jesse, and it has to be Jesse killing Todd. So 
that 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 one I put at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Walt killing Jack, the guy. Uh, yep, that's well. That uh, both of those would be awesome, but then again, that's presuming or at least hoping that Gilligan allows them that one moment of. Well, he's not going to. Let the Nazis win? He's not going to disappoint, is what I'm saying. He's got to win. I do not see this being about failure at this point. It's going to be about creating a legend. Like, if you go back to Mr. Chips and to Scarface, did Scarface not go out big? I mean, yes, he went out. He failed. Uh, he, He died he did not necessarily fail. <laughs> he, he, you know, he was in an impossible situation, and for that situation, certainly killed a hell of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And we've already seen him watching that scene. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. getting Now, this may be playing to our notions of, we are, okay, we know that scene, we know how that ends, and, like, this is going to be the exact opposite. Maybe. But, like, remember, Walt's the devil. <laughs> and the devil, <laughs> he seems to be able to pull off some magic from time to time. I don't know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be yes. so much more fun than Dexter. So, oh, my God. Uh, uh, no, okay. Chills. Uh, so, that show gives me chills for how horrible you can turn something that was so good. Susan, you should just create a separate mini podcast just based on our hatred of Dexter and just put that, <laughs> yeah. put that out. <laughs> so right. so Kelly, uh what what happened on Facebook? What did people say about it? All right. Well, Michelle wrote that um this was a very sad episode. I agree. I thought it was it it was really sad. You know, while everything fell apart the episode before this, I found this one just really depressing. Um Michelle wrote totally different tone and pace, but still incredible. Surprisingly, when Jesse tried to escape, I was thinking to myself, why would Jesse try to escape? They might do something to Andrea or Brock. But I didn't know they were actually going to shoot her in front of Jesse. If Aaron Paul doesn't win Best Supporting Actor next year for these episodes, I don't know. I agree. He definitely needs to win. Um, but I'm not certain I agree with her sadness element. I mean, I think last episode was sadder in ways than this this episode all right against all all i'm gonna say this episode ended with an uptick it was actually and it was one it's maybe i'm twisted maybe i'm sick i don't (laughs) i think the end of this episode was meant to be uplifting to a degree like okay it's on (laughs) <laughs> We're gonna get to it, and okay. I felt I certainly felt that way when they play the Breaking Bad theme. That was badass, and it's meant to be badass. And when you know Walt may be a bad man, but we are—I'm sorry—watching the bad man <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's, this is why when you say things like "Will Vince Gilligan let him?" I, I, I think. Vince's intention was never to give us a main character who's going to not deliver the goods. And he it's deliver the goods time. So That's what why does deliver the goods look like to you? A lot of death. Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> a whole lot of a whole lot of destruction and uh you know a lot of payback it it, it it may not be like okay the revenge for it's going to be revenge for uh hank mm-hmm. hank's death is going to be avenged that is going to happen karen fucking teed i'll be shocked as shit if it isn't i will pay you guys money if it is if it, if it doesn't happen I do agree. I think there's going to be a body count next episode yeah. and not and not just among the Aryan Brotherhood. I, I do think we're going to see other characters pass away. I would be very surprised if they don't. Um, uh, can I throw in one thought that I forgot I wanted to mention earlier? Then we can go back to Facebook. I'm sorry. Um, one thing I thought was interesting when we were talking last week and about and I mentioned the note that was tacked to Holly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that in that phone call he basically owns up he he admits he or he takes responsibility, excuse me, for, for killing Hank. He yeah. says it, you know. Mm-hmm. You'll never he, see he, he makes he makes you know, he he doesn't he doesn't insinuate. He pretty much says it. But he never he put the coordinates on the on the damn note that he leaves him. Right. So it's very possible or likely they still have never found Hank's body. Yeah. Well, he says to them, you'll never find Hank again. You'll never see Hank again. Right, exactly. I also feel a little bad that we we, we spent next to no time, you know, pouring one out for Gomi last week. (laughs) We were all about Hank being killed. And we didn't give give Steve Gomez, you know, his due either, because he was kind of a great little side character as well. So that was pointed out to me, and I felt a little bad about it. And I also felt a little bad about my anti-Marie stance. I, I take half of it back. So. <laughs> only half of it. Aww. Well, I only had I only had a seer for thirty seconds in this episode, so I, I was able to <laughs> forgive her for last week, and now she's okay with me again. Wow. <laughs> I, I, and because I think she's going to die in the next episode. Anyway, you go. think she's going to die? I. Oh. I'm curious as to whether any of the family members are going to be involved in the next episode at all. Yeah, I think because there's are. so much to do in you know a 75 minutes plus commercials or with commercials period of time. They're all gonna die. <laughs> it will have all been for nothing. <laughs> uh, I I I don't see I really don't see Junior coming back or Skylar coming back. You think Holly's the only survivor? No, no, coming back in the episode. Holly oh. included that in that. Yeah. I'd, I'd be shocked if we have time for family members. Oh, I think, I we'll think we will. Do. I don't think we're going to get 75 minutes of just Walt versus the neo-Nazis. Yeah. So I think, I, I think the family is going to play a major part in the next episode. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I mean, unfortunately, I do not. The only one I'm sure I'm 99.999% sure we're not going to see is uh, Saul Goodman? Um, yeah, he, he's definitely out. As I as I understand, he's not going to be in the next episode, from what I understand. So, based on how this episode went, there's no reason he would be in the next episode. So. Yeah, he's in yeah. Nebraska, right? You know, getting ready for his uh, new TV show. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> sweet deal for not a guy who came idea. in for a couple of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like everybody on the show really came out of it super sweet. (laughs) Well, I heard I finally watched um, last week's Talking Bad, 
And Dean Norris said that it was Saul or you know Bob Odenkirk coming on the show, bringing some comic relief that allowed the character of Hank to become a more complex character because he no longer had to fulfill that like comic relief right asshole and, athlete or and he also asshole jock I forget what he used. There. Another thing that they mentioned on that that I'm surprised you guys did not bring up was the fact that. Under the Dome had some measure of, um, of, um, and this wasn't on Talking Bad. It was actually on the, the, the Insider podcast. Gilligan said he said he said up front, this wasn't all the only reason, but this did have some impact on it. The fact that he had commitments on another show um, allowed them to, um, you know, kill off Hank. That was what a time he it factored into the decision to kill off Hank. Probably the decision go to, to the win. Insider. Yeah. Go listen to the Insider podcast. You'll hear Gilligan himself talk about it. Weird. I don't. So we have that to, uh, terrible show podcast. That this, and this afternoon was the first time I've watched any of the Talking Bad things. So I okay. watched three of them while making dinner. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that uh, that qu- quite terrible show had something to do with Hank's death. I, that's what I think. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, you want more Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Heidi writes, "I have a confession to make. I really like Todd. He is so caring <laughs> and gentle. Oh, like he knows so- how to stay calm under pressure and <laughs> always has an innocent look on his face." We have a he, psychopath in our group. <laughs> he shows respect. Well, Don't say that about our listeners, man. She's like, no, what she and she and she and Kelly are, for, are the Todd support group now. It's not. Nice. Oh, <laughs> I have never said. Oh, you love. Yeah, him. I do love Todd. My but that's a different Todd. <laughs> yes, my husband. Edit, Susan, edit this very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, ooh. <laughs> We have a new ringtone, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) He shows respect to those in his good books and knows how to calm a situation down. Then he remembers he has a mission to complete and blows people the fuck away with no second thought. I, for one, am glad we got to spend some more time with him in this episode. It seems I have a crush on a psychopath. Then Heidi also writes, "Um, I also really liked seeing Walt chuck a spaz and she put that in quotation marks in the video monitor toward the start of the episode from out of control to scheming to frustrated to finally succumbing to his weaknesses then welcoming heisenberg back at the end was amazing to watch bravo good letter letter. (laughs) so mike was very brief in writing so if karma is at play here and jesse's living hell is him reaping what he has sown and walt also what the fuck is going to happen to Todd in the end? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're hoping lots. <laughs> um, all right, let me see here. But okay, Jesse versus Walt. Huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah I think that's very possible. Very, very possible. Because as far as Walt knows, because there's a lot of consequences in. Come up and there, you know. Yeah, 
I think I'm just confused by something Susan had said in an, uh, an earlier podcast. So it's kind of throwing me off how I think the show is going to end. Okay. I thought you had said in, I don't remember how many podcasts ago it was. Maybe it was the last podcast, actually. I don't remember. Um, that the scene between Walt and Jesse that we saw was the last thing that they had ever filmed together? Yeah. For, oh, yeah, for an yeah. earlier episode? The, the flashback. Um, the flashback now, scene from... Uh, now, could that have been shot out of context even after they had already shot the finale? Oh, okay. Yes, it was because they oh. had to they had to um, shave Where? Cranston, and so I mean it was because of that. That's that's uh, why it was all fil- cause filmed. Because I, I, I got confused. Nasty. I got confused when you said it, and I I, I should have brought it up then, and you would have sent me straight. Um, I was like, wait a minute, the last time these two are going to interact is going to be you know a couple episodes earlier. No, that's so okay. I I do agree. Yeah. I think it will come down to Walt and Jesse. I think there could be like an enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing between them as far as and dealing with. Until the, they've dealt with the, the enemies and right. then they turn, themselves turn against on. each other. And, and then you have, then you can have the thing where, you know, analogous to Walt not being able to stick the needle in his own thing. He can't do it to himself, but he wants to be taken out. So Jesse is the one who takes out Walt and that's how it ends. I, I don't know if Walt can kill Jesse. I don't know. No, I think well, that, I he think, certainly I think, tried to kill Jesse in the past, and he's still. There's nothing to say. Okay, nothing has happened to change the fact that Jesse's a rat and yeah. was complicit in the death of Hank in Walt's mind. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But we. So these no, two are still bitter enemies. Yeah. We will see. We'll see. Yeah, I think we'll see how that goes down because we don't know how the months have might have warped Walt's mind as far as that's concerned. But I, I agree. But I, I think it's going to come down to the two of them, which is, I think that's what it should come down to. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know, next week to have great. a satisfying ending of a television show. It's, you know, I, I, I would say, like, it's funny. How many satisfying endings have there been? Actually, recently, quite a few. Um, I would say Spartacus ended fabulously, and I'm not going to spoil Spartacus. But I still haven't seen. You know it. the story. But if you haven't seen Spartacus, I highly recommend Spartacus. Yeah, I've gotten um, that recommendation. I should check it out. It, it, give it four episodes, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I'm one of those who didn't think Lost ended badly. I. I, I thought it was a very emotional and fun ending. I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I spent so much time talking about it last night. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't, I can't anymore. So yeah. I, I liked it and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Soprano's yeah. ending. I'm still a little eh on. I thought because everyone like, loved that. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I never watched Are it. You being, I, I actually, Are you joking? No. Probably not the first time have, they watched it. I never watched The Sopranos. Oh. I have seen that that ending scene. I have seen mm. that um, and read about it. And um, but I thought, like my impression was, people really liked it. No, polarized. no, no. Oh, it was okay. polarizing. It, it's okay. the de- I would say more so than Lost. It's probably the definition of a polarizing series mm. finale. Mm. Even like when I watched it, this is one of those funny little historical record moments for me. I wrote a rather blistering thing about it after it was done. 
And then when I watched it again years later, I did an entire 180 on it. I, what I hated before, I now decided I loved the brilliance of it. And I remember talking about that in writing classes, how much I hated it back then. And now I kind of, I kind of love it, but, but it's totally understandable why people hated it. And you know, they're, they're totally justified in that, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm still up in the air. I haven't revisited it, and that's another series that I felt went on a little too long. It's re- it really, its juiciest moments were when the mo- the mom character was a factor, right? And when gotta, she exited, yeah. you know, it became a different show. <laughs> it became a different show about different things. But like, there have been, uh, you know, Angel. I love the ending of Angel. Um. There's there's been some really good show endings, and I believe this can't possibly not be one of them because it. This is the only show, man, where I haven't seen a bad episode. Yeah. In five freaking years or five seasons worth of show, there hasn't been a a a, a, a stinker in the bunch. I agree. Well, what they're doing right now, I feel, is practically unprecedented. The, the closest show I can even think of, as far as their final season, might be The Shield. Might. Mm-hmm. Where the every successive episode builds in tension and, and drama. It's like a, even when they, even when they take a breather episode. Like this episode, compared to the last one, was almost like a little, take a deep breath. You know, mm-hmm. even though we did get moments like the the Nazis threatening Holly or Andrea being blown away, you still had those <gasps> moments in a breather episode. Mm-hmm. But the momentum that this show has been building up for this season or this half season, I, I I cannot <laughs> I cannot I, and I can think of all the great shows because I talk about there's good shows and there's great shows, but even the great shows in their final several episodes didn't do it this well. Lost did not do it this well in their final eight to ten episodes. Neither did The Sopranos. Neither did whatever other great shows one can think. Of. Even even the The Wire did not do it as well as this show has been doing it. And I that's why it's now become my favorite show. Period. Yeah, mm-hmm. I fully agree. Um, oh, by the way, since you brought up the Nazis one more time, I we completely <laughs> Aryan for- Brotherhood. I'm going to go back Nazis. to the beginning. and Neil freaking Nazis. Dude on Nattercast explained the difference between all of them. I do not remember what it is. And he said, this is the Aryan Brotherhood, and they are scarier than any of the others. Okay. okay. I'm Jason just going, says it. It's I, true. I guess I'll bow to <laughs> another podcast's knowledge of Nazis. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, just go, I'm just going by a swastika because, <laughs> you know, that's kind of – assuming they're not Native Americans, that's kind of <laughs> Or and Chinese, yeah, or um, uh, it could be Buddhist. All right. Well, speaking speaking for speaking as someone who had people die in concentration camps, I'm going to say they're neo Nazis because they're wearing the ultimate symbol of evil, and that's how I'm going to refer to them. Anyway, <laughs> go on, Chris. <laughs> um, there's one scene that we need to call out, and that was Uncle Jack saying, "Is there a goddamn scene in this thing where he's not bawling his eyes out?" <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He was talking. You know what? He had, just, he had just done a binge watch of Breaking Bad, and that's like <laughs> that was almost a call out for you to uh, uh, Scott. <laughs> oh, then he, then he, oh, then he, nice. Then, 
Wow, Sorry. I've become Todd. Holy crap. Okay, I Scott like, the psychopath. Oh my god. No, 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 no. Scott, well, Scott had been bitching and moaning about sick of Jesse bawling, chick, sick of Jesse moaning, sick of Jesse being, and it was almost like Jack was channeling you. That kid isn't bawling his eyes out. I thought I, of you immediately, Scott. <laughs> I think there are times when Uncle Jack can be a very reasonable man. <laughs> you know he's pragmatic you know he, he sees the world for what it is you know i, I can I, I can get that not you know you lose a couple of tattoos you know i might <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah bruce so sorry just had the break in with that <laughs> well one thing that we forgot to talk about was all the the, the emmy wins and uh they won uh best drama on sunday night Drama series, yeah. Best drama series. Uh, Anna Gunn won uh, Best Supporting Actress. And, of course, we already talked about Kelly Dixon. Fuck it, Anna Gunn haters. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was rather thrilled about that. That made me very happy that yeah. she won. Suck it! And then the, the cast was on Conan uh, last night. And all the all the highlights of that were are on the Team Coco YouTube channel. And they're hilarious. Oh, yeah, I have to watch that. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what George R. R. Martin said? No, what is Yes, it? I did. <laughs> he was, uh, be- before the Emmys happened, he, he, he had this to say about the season of Bacon, Breaking Bad. He said that, well, about last season, he said, I think we have a shot at beating out Breaking Bad for best um, drama series this year, but we don't have a chance in hell next year. Okay. <laughs> Walter White is worse than any character in Westeros, and I've got to do something about that. <laughs> nice. Oh, my I, God. That made me so, so we happy. Might have, yeah, yeah. We might I have love, I love that. a Walter White-influenced character showing up in the next. That'll be great. <laughs> if some blue magician <laughs> shows up. Yes, we'll know, we'll know why. He'll be bald with a goatee. Yep. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait, I got to get my agent on the phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, this is the last one. The last Breaking Lost. And yes, I'm going to make you do it. <laughs> so, in the alternate universe of horrible TV, the next, epi- the next and final episode of Breaking Lost will be called, of course it has to be called, Stranger in a Strange Land. Oh, wonderful. And <laughs> the synopsis was, Walt ends up in New Hampshire. No friends, no family. But he ends up devising a new method of snow plowing, hoping to corner the market and be the king of all snow plowers. <laughs> Fortunately, the reigning king, Mr. Plow, otherwise known as Homer Simpson, hears about this, doesn't care for the intrusion on his turf, so Homer runs Walt over. It's a slushy demise for Walter White. <laughs> well, speaking of kings, how about those two kings that the disappearer flipped over when they were playing cards? He there said a go. king Plow and king. two kings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, actually, there were three kings because three? you've got a king and then I've got two kings is what he said. Oh, okay. whatever. which is crazy. <laughs> so who are the three kings then in this? Uh, George Clooney. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. 
Good movie, man. And it's <laughs> yeah. awesome. You could see My Three Sons. What? Todd. Yeah, yeah. Todd, Lynn, Lynn and Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. They were all in the f- episode. Yeah. Oh my god, that's actually. Da, 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 I never da, thought about that. It is kind of But I'm impressed that you know the themes to My Three Sons. That's that's pretty amazing. Nice. I know the themes to lots of stupid shit. <laughs> we we have to have a talk one of these days. <laughs> Just talk about themes. All right. So if y'all enjoyed this podcast, please go to iTunes and give us a five star rating. We would massively appreciate it. <laughs> because a four star rating wouldn't do. It's not enough. No. If you love Three stars, it, not at all. There's four of us plus Amelia, so that's five. One star each. Yeah. I just like the word massive. <laughs> I like the word massive. I don't know. I like. Well, geek on, everybody.